The story from this past week is the story of um, Jacob and Esau, Isaac and Rivka, Rebecca. We know biblical stories as chunks. And the chunk that's in our heads is this chunk that says, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a story that there was this woman and the mother, and she told her son, mama's boy, to go and prepare a meal for the father, and he's going to steal his brother's birthright. And he's the conniver. That's Jacob. And then the father is going to lay his hands and he's going to touch him. But the mother, who's sneaky, takes the hair from the goats that they cooked and wraps the hair around his neck and wraps the hair around his arms because his brother Esau is a very hairy person. And so you see a picture of this mother who connives and sneaks and does all these things so that she could have her way. And Jacob uh, dressed, um, I mean, he still sounds, you know, sounds like Michael Jackson. You know, hi, father. <laughs> 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 you know, Isaac is like, that does not sound like my son. You know? But, but he says, get, get, get over here, get over here. And he goes and he goes to touch his son, and he feels very, very hairy arms, a hairy neck, and, 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 I, and, and his father says, that the, the, the voice is the voice of Jacob. <coughs> but the hands, the arms, the, the, like the, 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 the neck is the voice of the older brother Esau. And we know that by the story that all of a sudden uh, the father called his son closer to him and he could smell a smell on his son and the smell did it. He said, you know what? I know the voice doesn't match but the arms match and the smell something. There's a fragrance in my son that is like the wild fields. You have to be the older brother and I must give you the birthright blessing that belongs to the older brother. And he laid his hands on Jacob and blessed him. And Jacob took off running with the blessing. And Esau shows up, and Esau says, Hey. <laughs> and the father says, Who are you? And he says, I am Esau. And the father collapses because he says, Who is this one that was here? He took off, and he took your birthright, or should I say, the birthright blessing has been placed on him. We're pretty familiar with this story, right? But if you see the story as a chunk, you miss the revelation behind the story. You forget that the mother was Rivka, the one 
that the Holy Spirit sent a servant to go get the one who gave water to ten camels. The one handpicked by the servant of Abraham to find a daughter for his son Isaac. Sometimes when you see stories in chunks, you don't make the connection. Wait a minute. The story makes her out to seem like a conniving, streaky mom to have her way. But if you understand and you read the story with spiritual ears, you realize that the Lord himself said to her, in your womb there will be two nations, and one will serve the other, the younger one. The blessing will belong to the younger one, not the older one. You think this mother was conniving her way? This mother was simply doing what God told her to do before they were even born. We look at this woman as someone who connives and who steals and does all these things, but the truth of the matter is, oh, blessed be the day that the church can be like Rebecca, that she realizes I was created, I was placed on this world to take skins and put it on my son so that they can go before the father and the father will recognize this one as the older brother and not the younger and he'll bless the younger one as if he's the older brother. Why is that important? Because we have an older brother. It is the job of the ecclesia, the called out ones, whether it's church or synagogue. It is the job collectively of the church and synagogue to, to, to specifically begin to put the look and the smell and the touch of the older brother. Do you see it? Who is our older brother? Yeshua. It's my job as a servant of God to be a Rivka for these people. And the father will say, Yeshua. <laughs> and he'll say, yes. And the father will say, you know, the voice does not sound like Yeshua. But the beard feels like Yeshua. And he smells like Yeshua. And he lays his hands over us and declares over us our birthright blessing. Hallelujah. You must hear this in spirit. Some of us are sitting here saying, Well, I'm not a Jacob and I'm not a Rebecca. I just want what I deserve. Really? Go to hell. <laughs> My Lord. <laughs> sitting in the back there somewhere, back row. It's so funny. It's so funny. The people who know the mercy and the grace of God, because He's been so merciful and so patient to them, understand that you can't earn these things. You have to accept the gift. You have to accept the gift. The problem is, most of us 
have given up our birthright. For a lousy bowl of lentil soup. Why did we do that? Because, well, because why did Esau do it? Because he was hungry. He was hungry. And Esau missed. He missed the understanding. Esau said to himself, what the heck do I care about exchanging my birthright for lentils? I don't care about my birthright. I have the inheritance. I will own whatever my father owns. Esau was focused on the physical, tangible blessing. He didn't understand that God doesn't care about physical, tangible blessings. Those are secondary. God is trying to teach us that we need to grab a hold of and gravitate towards the spiritual blessing, which is Yeshua. As children of God, have you exchanged the birthright for a bowl of lentils because you are starving? You see, many people come into congregations because they're hungry. They're hungry. And when you're hungry, you eat anything. You're just, you're just hungry. You eat. But before you eat, you say, wait a minute. What am I exchanging? My birthright? My birthright is the birthright of the King of Glory. If I am somewhere where the food does not match my birthright, I don't want to eat it. Have you considered what is? What is your birthright? You know, our birthright is so beyond our understanding, it's impossible for us to even grasp. So you have to ask God, God, help me understand what is this birthright? What is this thing? Okay, okay, I gotta break it down a little bit. Sometimes you, you sometimes you, you you chop off a whole big hunk of, of lamb and you toss it out there and people like go like I'm yank it out of your throat again and say, okay, let me chop it up a little bit so you can cut it up and understand. Okay, there's two guys. There's an older brother and a younger brother. The older brother is Esau. He's the one who has the birthright. Correct? Okay. He has the birthright. As the birthright means he's going to own everything from his father, but not just that. If he has the birthright, he is the one through which the lineage of Messiah will come through because the lineage of Messiah is coming through this thing. The blessing. See, see Abraham, Isaac, and the next one. Abraham, Isaac, and the next one. The next one ought to be the one who has the birthright to carry the father's... You're with me? Yeah. But it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and... Jacob. Jacob. Wow. How does this happen? Because this is not supposed to happen. The birthright belongs to another. One through which the seed, which is Messiah, will come through that line. But he bypasses it. Why? Because he's hungry. And the birthright means nothing to him. And so Jacob legally gets whose birthright? Esau's. You must understand this. Whose birthright did Jacob get? Esau's. 
Okay. We come along. Whose birthright are we getting? The king. So everything that he has a right to is ours. Everything that is his has been given to us not as a well listen here I'll give you this this has it's been awesome so far but you know what I mean? not as that the birthright can you see birthright can you see it think about it can you see a birthright it's a spiritual thing that that's placed on you it is the birthright that's handed over to you you have the birthright he has decreased himself into the ground so that you can rise up with his birthright everything that's his is yours and we're entering into a dark time and I keep saying this we're entering a dark time the only people who survive are people who are walking in his birthright you cannot walk as a Christian, as a Jew, as a person who's just trying to be a servant of God. You cannot walk that way and endure what's coming. You must walk with what's coming with the full, full and complete birthright understanding that is yours. Tell you what, if you don't get angry, if you don't get angry and cry out to God, you have become so convinced that you're just a believer and you're just taking little crumbs from the Lord here and there. If you're thirsty and there's no wine, somebody better go get some water. Somebody better get some water and say, it is my birthright to speak to this water and say, become wine. If you're worried about how you're going to pay your bills, somebody ought to get angry and say, wait a minute, what am I thinking? My father owns everything. Hallelujah. My father is the creator of electricity. My father is heat. My father is the roof. My father is the furnace. My father is everything. Hallelujah. The only way you won't get angry is if you see yourself as a human. Lord, I need some job. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. The birthright belongs to one that is the anointed one. Do you know that birthright does never, can never belong to two people? Did you know that? Because only one person can come through first. Who came out of the ground first? Yeshua. But somehow the Father has crossed his hands over to bless 
the younger. Because Yeshua was not created so you can walk around and say, well, I'm Yeshua and I, 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 I do the blessing here. Let me say it in other ways. You must know that the birthright you have is His. If you're not walking around in the fullness of the birthright, I guarantee you, you've been, you've been munching on lentils. Spit them out. Spit them out. Lentils are that thing that you have exchanged the birthright for. It's the compromise you have made. Adonai says, you have a birthright. Yeah, but I'm hungry. You have a birthright. Yeah, but I'm hungry. But you have a birthright. Oh, I need to pay my bills. <laughs> you have the birthright. Why? And they just sink into the bowl of lentils and begin to eat and give up the birthright so that they can be full. The inheritance of Yeshua has been seen in His people. This is not a new revelation. This has been something that's been coming from the very beginning. So Jacob was able to cross over and act like the older brother and he got the birthright. It is through his line and through his descendants that come the children of Israel. The children of Israel come from his line. Why? Because he did not despise birthright. He understood clearly. He was almost willing to lose his life to get it. You understand? Okay. So, because he has the birthright, it makes sense that his seed or his descendants will have a foreshadow of that birthright over them. Right? Because they're descendants of Him. And then we realize that this birthright is more than just a birth thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's grasping onto a spiritual covenant of God. And we know that later on in the story, many, many years later, I mean, Jacob is long gone. But the heritage that he leaves to the people, that his children, is the same. Because he's the one who grabbed a hold of the older brother's birthright. So many years later, Balaam is hired to go up to the descendants of Israel, Jacob, the guy who, who obtained the birthright. And, 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 and Balaam goes up to a mountain and he's looking at the tents of the people of Israel. And Israel is Jacob. Right? Now listen. We don't have a picture here. But when you, if, if you could just envision and imagine, I want you to envision and imagine, just close your eyes, I want you to envision and imagine all the tents of the children of Israel surrounding the Mishkan in the middle, the tabernacle. 
And the tabernacle, it, it just has this big, huge outer, uh, outer curtains that are for the outer wall. And there's sacrifices there. There's, there's incense burning up into the heavens. And most important, right in the middle of it, in the Holy of Holies, there's this huge, huge, like thundering cloud just swirling up into the heavens so high that you can't see how high it goes. And if you could see this, now Balaam is seeing this, he sees that. What is the number one thing your eyes would automatically go to if you're seeing this in the middle of a desert? What is the one thing you would see? The, the Mishkan. The cloud. Right? Because it's, it's you may open your eyes, because, because it's, it's the most glorious thing. Because the cloud is the ultimate of the inheritance of the firstborn. Because the cloud is Yeshua himself. A cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Do you understand that? Okay, so from far away, Balaam looks out at the camp. And something strikes his eyes and he sees something. And what he sees is... How beautiful are your tents, oh Jacob? Your tents? Shouldn't you be looking at the big, huge, fiery cloud? He was, but he was seeing the future. He was seeing the cloud on the tents, which is the people of God who've grabbed a hold of the reality that we are holders of the inheritance of God. We are the tabernacle that has the, the, the Mishkan on top of us. Individually, each one of us has a little cloud over us. And this is why, this is why Balaam can't see the, the cloud in the middle. He's seeing the tents. I'm going to freak you out. I was freaked out. Okay, you know Balaam, this is Balaam, son of whatever, who says the oracle, and the one who sees clearly. He goes on and on and on, and he's got to do his thing, okay? In one of his oracles, okay, and his oracles are coming all by the anointing of God. He looks at, because he keeps getting hired to, to curse, 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 and he can't curse them, okay? Remember, he does not mention once, once, how beautiful, how beautiful is the God of Jacob. How beautiful is the temple of the God of Jacob? Not once. Why can't he say it? Because God has shown him spiritual things. And in spirit, he cannot see the Mishkan in the middle. He can only see that each one of these little tabernacles is the Mishkan. And he goes on to mention this one thing. This will freak you out. It freaked me out. Sometimes we're walking, like me, I'm walking so far out on a limb that I don't even know if I'm on a tree anymore. <laughs> okay. One of his last oracles, as he's looking at the beautiful dwelling places, they're like little sukkahs all around. She says, I see him, but not now. Do you see it? Yes. He's seeing it. Yes. It's like God is saying, yes, you are seeing it, but it's not right now. It, it's now, but now in my now, not your now. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will rise up from Jacob and a scepter will rise out of Israel. He's looking at who when he says this? Okay, here we go. <laughs> You're right, but he's looking at 
understand is when you read this with your human head, oh, he's in the God that there. I cannot believe it. He's done talking about Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> he was looking at tents when he said that. He was looking at tents when he said that. He was not looking at the tabernacle. He was not looking at the cloud of glory. He was looking at the tent when he said that because he was mesmerized. He was blessed by saying, how beautiful are your tents, O Jacob. He was looking at you across the windows of time. I think I am crazy. <laughs> I see him. I behold him. Not quite yet. A star will rise up, and a scepter will come, and our brain automatically, automatically gravitates to, well, that's Jesus. Really? Who are the holders of the birthright? Whatever is his, he has handed over to you. Sometimes you have to understand the beginning by going to the end. This blew me away. Okay. Revelation 2, 26, don't look at it. Don't look at it. I'm going to fool you and deceive you. My copy is right, yours is wrong. Okay. Remember, Balaam Looking at what? Tents. Who are the tents? Us. Says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise up out of Israel. We all know that's got to be Yeshua. But we've also just found out that like Jacob, we're supposed to have the older brother's inheritance. This is the inheritance of Yeshua. But who has his inheritance now? We do. Revelation 2.26. You can look at it later. By the way, uh, this is to the fourth church. Um, Yeshua is speaking a message to the seven churches. Uh, this is Thyatira. Thyatira. <laughs> this is the church of Thailand. <laughs> Okay, listen to this. Yeshua, Yeshua is saying this. To him who overcomes and does my will unto the end, I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. And I will also give him morning star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Yeshua saying, remember what Balaam saw? It wasn't me. Yes, it is me. But it's me giving myself over and, and the birthright to you. I give it to you. You will have the scepter. You will be like the morning star. Do you see it? You must, you must hear the voice of your Father, not as a human who's trying to figure out how to please God, but as the Son who knows 
that the Father is already pleased with him. You must walk in the inheritance that belongs to him. Anything else you're doing, I'm telling you, it'll sustain you because you can eat lentils for a long time, but it'll sustain you until you're old and then you die. And you are not created to be sustained. You are created to be eternal and eternally manifest the glory of God. Anybody catch that? I see him, but not now. Yes. Wow. I see him, but not here. Yes. A star will rise up out of Jacob. Revelation. I will also give him the morning star. Wow. And a scepter will rise, rise up out of Jacob. He will rule them with a oh, yeah. scepter. <laughs> It almost doesn't get any clearer than this. The problem is this. I guarantee you, the moment you walk out of these doors, there are going to be bowls of lentils everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. And ask it or not. Everything that I grab a hold of, everything that I use to take care of myself, is this a bowl of lentils? Is this a bowl of lentils? Or am I truly grasping and holding on to the birthright of the king who walks on water? Who tells the blind, open your eyes and see. <laughs> 